We are glad you found our little corner of the podcast universe. To our subscribers, guests, visitors, and those with a burning desire for an answer to the question, okay, now what? We welcome you to the From Learning to Earning podcast series sponsored by Okay Now What? The podcast you are listening to is Catapult to a Career in Coaching or Consulting. This podcast covers topics of interest to anyone thinking about starting a business, but is especially focused on the unique concerns of those seeking a way to leverage their expertise into either an internal or external consulting role. My name is David Zahn, the consultant's business mentor, and while I may not have all the answers, I can at least help you answer, okay, now what? Hello, and welcome to this podcast. This podcast will provide insight into something many of us have probably considered, maybe even longed to do ourselves, but stopped ourselves from seriously committing to doing because we did not know how to do it, who to work with, and probably doubted our skills to do it well. I'm talking about authoring and publishing a book. Throughout our personal and professional lives, we have encountered times when we thought to ourselves, someone ought to write a book about this. Today's guest will help you answer that who is going to do that question by suggesting it could be you who writes that book. Now, before you start thinking about all the reasons why you couldn't do it, I invite you to listen to our guest, Suzanne Doyle Ingram, CEO of Prominence Publishing, Inc., who herself has written or co-written 20 books and helped publish over 1,000 business books in just over a decade. Suzanne's focus is not on poetry or fiction, novels or mysteries. Prominence Publishing, Inc. is dedicated to helping business people write, publish, and perhaps more importantly, leverage their book to open more business opportunities, grow their brand, and increase their revenue. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, David. So let's get to it. One of the misconceptions, I believe, and I hope you'll either clarify or confirm, is it necessary to have a complete manuscript in mind before you even think about writing a book? Oh, absolutely not. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. So, you know, I always say to people, I love to work with people before they start writing their book because the it's it's you know you sometimes in in internet marketing and stuff you hear about the term reverse engineering but it's really true for books too you've there's a lot of steps you need to take before you even put pen to paper and thinking about who you're writing it for what you want the book to do for you and a lot of what I call, call the foundational pieces so when someone comes to me and they said hey you know I've been working on a book for five years and you know, take a look at it. And I go, Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sometimes I need to start all over again. So it's it's important to take steps. Think really, really think about a lot of things to, to do with the book in terms of who you're writing it for. Because if you don't have a target audience in mind, that can really throw you off as well. So anyway, I'm sure we can get deeper into that. But the answer is no, do not write a full manuscript, or even 
because, you know, most people, you might be an expert at what you do, but you're probably not an expert at how to write books. So, you know, having a coach or someone guide you can be very, very helpful and take away the pain. <laughs> a, a quick story about that. In the early 2000s, I proposed a book idea to publishers how to work with and hire and manage and evaluate consultants. Okay. I had gone through all the, at the time, uh, brick and mortar stores, and there were certainly books on how to be a coach or a consultant, but I had not come across anything that was from the client perspective. Mm. So sent out that proposal to a number of publishers, and what happened was I got one publisher to bite on that idea. I had another publisher, though, say, we are rejecting that idea. However, we do have a book in our portfolio that was previously written that needs to be updated on how to succeed as a consultant. Mm. So, Susanna actually had, this is not an exaggeration, two pads of paper out. Yeah. One pad was, client, here's what your consultant is going to try to do. Mm -hmm. Second pad, consultant, mm -hmm. here's what you need to do to succeed. So it was really just the, the reverse side of each book. Yeah, and, interesting. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I love that. That's a great it was, story. It was an interesting experience to write two books really concurrently, simultaneously. Yes, and you know that sometimes works really, really well. And the whole, it can, your whole business can be worked on at the same time. Sometimes if you're thinking about using your book to leverage, you know, an online course or a workshop or something else, a signature talk, you know, it's really good to have separate workbooks. I love that idea. Right. Right. So I'm sure you've come across clients that have some variation of, but Suzanne, I'm not a writer. How can I get a book published? How do you respond? Oh, I love that. I always say that we work with normal people, not writers, <laughs> and not to insult writers at all. But I feel like, you know, when I put, put air quotes around like real writers are people who love to write, you know, if they get to the end of the day and they haven't written anything that day that makes them sad, you know, because they, they live and breathe to write. But all of our clients are not like that. They're business people. And so it's totally normal to feel like I'm not good enough to write a book. I don't have what it takes to write a book. Everybody we work with feels like that at some point. And even the ones who come into our programs all gung-ho, and I tell them that someday you might have this feeling like, oh my gosh, who am I to write a book? And then eventually three months later they go, oh my gosh, it happened. <laughs> I had that feeling. But I always say to them, you know, let's think about the impact and who you're gonna reach with this book and how you wanna use this book after it comes out a lot of people think just going to write a book and then you know get it published and then sit around and eat donuts or something but uh, there is a lot of work but it's really fun i call it the juicy the juicy stuff that comes after you write a book um so i actually do quite a bit of mindset training with my clients to help them believe in themselves and i, I actually have a story about when i was at university of victoria a long time ago um, I discovered that there were people in my community community who had difficulty reading and writing. So I started a program called Students for Literacy, and I, I did not know what I was doing. I was in totally over my head, and I was so excited about it that I ended up getting 85 university students to be volunteers, and we matched them with people, what we called learners in our community. But I always told them, I said, we can teach people how to read, but that's not what we start with. First, you have to teach them 
to believe that they can learn how to read. It was 90% of the job, teaching them they could believe that they could learn how to read. And then they learn how to read. You know, it's like the story about the four minute mile, same thing, right? Everybody thought nobody could ever write, run, run it in four, under four minutes. And then the next year, a whole bunch of people did it once someone did it. It's the same with books. And we all are our worst inner critics. And so I just say, I think that's our brain trying to protect us. You know, like the like people talk about the amygdala being the oldest dinosaur part of the brain when we used to have to run around with, you know, lions and tigers or something. But your brain's just trying to say, oh, it's too risky to put yourself out there. Don't do it. Just just stay small. Just stay home. Don't 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 write a book. And I'm the one to say, yes, you can. Yes, you can write a book, you know. Absolutely. So you mentioned about targeting the audience, and I have a question about that. We often hear the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover, mm -hmm. but we do know that people assume a certain level of authority if they have a book published. Why do you think that is? Well, it's a lot of hard work to write a book, first of all. So I think that when someone is evaluating and thinking, I'm gonna hire David for this job or this contract or whatever, David or Brian. It's either going to be David, it's going to be Brian. I'm going to interview them both. They both seem great. They both are very friendly, very competent. They both have the same amount of experience, but David has a book and Brian doesn't have a book. And it's about elevating their status, not only your status, but the person who's choosing you. So if you imagine a podcast host saying, "Today's on today's episode, we have Brian Smith. You know, or best-selling author David Zahn is so, so excited to have him here today. It makes the host look better too. Um, so yeah, I think that it's really about credibility and authority. It's not that difficult to get a book on Amazon nowadays between you and me and the fence post. But most people who are not, you know, in marketing, our, most of our customers, they don't realize and they think it is a really, really big deal. People are so impressed when you write a book. It really does tip the scales in your favor, I think. Given that it is so much hard work to both do the authoring and getting distribution and all the follow-up work, how do you help your authors overcome the belief that a book could potentially be a waste of time and resources given that people don't like to read anymore like they once may have? Oh, good question, David. Okay, so um, when you just said the note about distribution, that leads me to think about something that it's, and, and I don't mean to to hurt your feelings but i think a lot of people have an old-fashioned idea about book publishing where they are only like literally only thinking about selling books they do not think at all about leveraging their book as a tool you know you could make a million dollars with a book and literally eight hundred dollars or only eight hundred dollars from the book sales but all the other money comes from all the other things so when people ask me about distribution, I, I go, oh, aha, okay, okay. So here's the deal. You really only need to get your book on Amazon. Um, I don't know a lot of people that wake up in the morning and go, oh my gosh, I gotta buy a new Kobo book today. Like it's really just Amazon is the big daddy. That's where everybody goes. And the truth is all the buyers are already gathered there for you. 
by Amazon. You don't have to pay any money to get eyeballs on your book on Amazon. So I'm a huge fan of Amazon. Also, people say, oh, I don't want to give the Jeff Bezos any more money. And I go, you know what? He is the most um, generous distributor, really, if you want to call it that, or or he gives the highest royalties in the entire industry. So there's that as well. Um, but then it's like, it's all a matter of what you do with the book afterwards. And it's, and so if you want more consulting clients, then you get your book on Amazon, you order a whole bunch of author copies, and then you make, take the next steps to figure out how you're going to get your book in the hands of all these consulting clients. Maybe you do a webinar and everybody gets a free copy of the book, or you have a book funnel where it's like free plus shipping offer and you, and you step by step. So if someone sees your ad, they get your book. And then the next page, there's a thank you page with a video from you. And that call to action can be anything from book a strategy call with me, or are you curious about, what colors to paint your bedroom? Well, then I'd love to send you a free sample kit or whatever. It's just this, it's just so amazing how we can use a book to get leads and exactly the right leads for your for your business. And I, I have to tell you something funny, speaking of leads. My next book that's coming out in September, can I tell you the title? Please do. The title is Everybody Has a Book Except You. <laughs> So it's such Love a cheeky it. title, such a cheeky yeah. title. But the way, the reason I did that is because if somebody has wanted to write a book for a long time and they come across that book, they go, oh, that hurts. Oh my gosh, I want to read this book now. And what's this all about? Or they might get kind of mad or kind of upset. Like, who does she think she is? But I still want to read the book. Um, or they might say, uh, I'm not inter interested in this at all. I have no desire to write a book. And then it's like already filtering out the people that are not the right fit for me. You know, and so the same goes for what you're going to include in your book. Um, I like I like to help people write books really with a business, business and marketing kind of perspective in the back of their mind. So they could say, you know, this book is for you if you've been let's say it's an interior designer. And she's like, if you're confused about countertops for your kitchen or you don't know what colors to paint your bedroom or this or that. And, you know, have a whole book about tips and strategies about that. But really leading the reader through your process of how you help your clients, whether you're a consultant or a dog trainer or a real estate agent or whatever you are, how you help your clients get the result they want. The reader reading your book goes, I want that too. I would love that. And I honestly feel like you have a, you have a lesser chance of someone stumbling across your book on Amazon, reading it and then contacting you rather than finding you and then finding out about your book. So when, when you go on podcast interviews, when you're an author, you're not like my book, my book, my book, you're giving information like I am right now. And then someone would say, Oh, I think I want to know more about her. You know, luckily I have a very unique name so people can find me everywhere. <laughs> Which is helpful. Yes. Yeah. If you are enjoying this podcast broadcast and wish to connect with David Zahn to pursue your own journey into entrepreneurship, you can schedule a no cost and no obligation 20 minute chat and chew with you discussion at https colon backslash backslash www dot Okay, now what dot biz, and that's spelled O K A Y N O W W H A T dot biz, and then add backslash get dash started dot 
HTML. And now, back to our broadcast. And you mentioned the point about my referencing distribution. When my books came out in 2003, they both came out about a month or so apart, it was very much dependent on the publisher getting the books in front of people, primarily in the brick and mortar stores because the internet had not come to pass. What changes have you seen in the last decade or two in the publishing industry? Oh, that's a great question. There are so many changes. Oh my gosh. First of all, print on demand is not a dirty word anymore and either is self-publishing, right? So self-publishing is you can look very very professional as a self-published author when it never used to be like that right um it used to be a bunch of papers stapled together and somebody would say look i have a book and, and it was just a disaster um so most okay so traditional publishers are looking for people who have over a million followers on social media they need it to be a sure thing they need to like guarantee they're going to sell. And so the author doesn't make a lot of money because the money that the publisher put into the editing and the cover design and the typesetting and everything else and the distribution and the printing, that all has to be paid back somehow. I think a lot of people who are not familiar with the publishing industry think, oh, I have a great story and I'm going to get millions of dollars from a publisher. And, and I always say it's going to take forever. And B, I'm sorry, you only have 700 followers. And <laughs> like sometimes I have to do the tough love conversations with people. Why not self-publish it? And then you, you have to do the work. You got to get your story out there, get on podcasts and, and um, you know, get on, get interviewed by people like you're doing now and get, maybe do um, guest blogging and that kind of thing. There's so many things. I have another book that I'm working on. So it's the next one, uh, 37 ways to use your book as a marketing tool. And that's going to be really fun. Not, I mean, not everybody's going to do all of them, but even if somebody just does a few, it's it's great, right? Oh, absolutely. That, did, yeah. did I answer your question, David? Sure. I mean, the, okay. the industry certainly has gone more towards that self-publishing, print-on-demand, internet-based kinds of uh, production versus the previous model where you had publishers that were responsible for that. And yes. Thank you. Yeah. And then we have, you know, we have, uh, you know, websites and funnels and sales pages and Amazon ads and Facebook ads. Now, if somebody just wants to run an ad to sell their book and there's nothing on what we call the back end, so they don't have coaching or consulting or a course or anything else to sell, they're probably going to end up losing money. It's really important to consider, um, you know, like it might cost you $7 to sell a book, believe it or not. But then people go, oh, well, why would I do that? I'm only going to make $2, you know, well, because then you have to have something else to sell them. Right. I, you know, so for some people who are listening right now, they might think, oh, this isn't for me because I don't want to do that. But for people who have a business already and they can see how a book can be like the best business card ever, the best calling card is a book and then how it fits in with the rest of their business. Uh, it can work very, very well. So let's dig more deeply into the process you use to help someone migrate from, hey, I'm a business person, I have certain experiences, maybe I have a perspective, mm -hmm. to now being a published author who can then leverage that into future business. Is mm -hmm. there a particular stair-step process yes. you follow? Yeah. yeah, thank you for asking. That's a good question too. So there's basically three phases now that I think about it, now that you put me on the spot. Um, so the first phase would be 
I think I want to have a book. Um, what would it be about? Who would I write it for? How would I find the time? What would I put in it? What would I not put in it? So that's really all about, you know, from from going from idea to writing a book. And I had I had a real estate agent once come to me and say, I want to write a book for first time home buyers. I said, okay, great. So we worked out a, a deal. We were going to ghostwrite it for her and everything. And we had a meet the first meeting where we said, okay, we're going to work on your outline. Let tell us what you love about working with first time home buyers. And she said, oh, I hate it. I hate working with the first time home buyers. They take up so much of my time. I got to drive around and around. Sometimes it takes months for them to make a decision. And I said, well, why would you want to write a book for first time home buyers? And she said, oh, I just thought it would be easy. I said, but that's what you're going to get more of. You're going to attract more of that into your business. So that's why it's really important to get clear on who you work with right now. You might work with 10 different types of people. Who do you like the best? What do you want more of in your business? You know, for me, the book that I'm that I just finished that's going coming out soon about how to write a book. It's like how to write a book because that's what I love to teach people is how to write a book. We really get really clear about the transformation that occurs for their clients as a result of working with them. Then we put that in the book. We we the book is really a, a, a testament to like who they are and what they stand for. And like I said, they're going to attract cl- the perfect clients to you, or they're going to repel the ones you don't want to work with anyways. So. The outline, after you do all the preliminary work, the outline is really the most important thing because it is totally guides you through writing your book. And it can be very simple as you're you're nodding. We're on video right now. I know this won't be video later, but you're nodding and you're like, yeah, exactly. The outline, you, people think they can just stare at a blank piece of paper and they're like, oh, I have writer's block. I always say you should not have writer's block if you have done your outline correctly. It just flows out of you. And that's what my clients all say. They're like, I can't believe how fast I wrote this book. So that's phase one is the writing of the book and the preparing to write. And then phase two would be how you're going to publish it. So do you go to a traditional publisher and wait for years or do you self-publish? And you can do that on Kindle Direct Publishing, which is owned by Amazon. KDP is a really good one. That's what we use for all our clients' books. Or someone in the middle of the road, like my company, uh, where we we do the you know the typesetting and the cover design and everything for you, but you still get to keep all the rights and you get to keep all the royalties, and we do it through your KDP account. So it's sort of the middle. There are other publishing companies in on the if you think of it as a horizontal line with traditional publishing on one side and self-publishing on the other. There's some that are a little bit more traditional publishing where. You have to pay them just like this. Like You have to pay my company too to do the cover design and everything, but then you keep all the money. But these guys, they don't let you keep the rights to your book and they're quite difficult to work with. You, It's really hard to get your files back. I've helped a lot of authors who were in that situation. As a matter of fact, earlier this year, we had a client who had a copy of her book, but she never got the file. She never got anything. And so we had to retype the whole entire book and we did a new cover design too, because she really needed it. Um, and that was a huge job. But now I said, now you own it. This is all yours. No one can ever take this away from you. And I think the rights of the author are really important to me. Uh, okay, so that's phase two, getting your book published. And then phase three is what I call beyond the book, which we touched on a little bit. And the, the 37 ways to use your book as a marketing tool. Or, you know, when you think about, like, if you think about, a, a you know, those mind maps with the bubbles. And and so if you have a circle in the middle, that's that's your book. 
and then I like to think about all these bubbles all around the way that in can in, sorry income can come to you. So maybe you do a workshop and you get income that way and it's based on your book and everybody gets a free copy of your book and you're known for that. You're known, oh, that's the guy that does the thing, you know, the ABC principle or whatever it is, right? One of my... Um, one of my clients, Jim Saliba, has the, the, the seven-step leadership challenge, right? And you can create a course about that, which he's doing, a workshop about that. The first workshop I ever did, I charged $97. And I was like, I rented my church basement for $25. And I said, who wants me to teach how to write a book? And 20 people signed up. And I was like, oh my goodness, I just made $2,000. I thought I just died and gone to heaven. I couldn't believe it. It was, it, to me, that was so much money, right? And so workshops are great if you have, even like I said with the example of the interior designer, like do a workshop in your town on how to choose paint colors or how to spruce up your home for under a thousand dollars or like anything like that. It's amazing. So getting back to the mind map, like there's all these different things you can do. You can collaborate with other people. You can have a joint venture. You can um, sell bundles where you have like a coaching package with five sessions and a copy of your book. Um, Sometimes some of my clients, they put together an online course, which is standalone and that can sell for, you know, three to five hundred dollars or combine that with the one on one coaching where they get a call with you once every other week and access to the course, which you can sell for a lot more. So anyways, you can tell I get kind of excited about this because I think it's a shame when people write a book, but they a they haven't thought about what they're going to do with it. B, they get really disappointed because they don't have any book sales. And they think they really and truly, they're so, it's so sad to me because they believe in their heart of hearts that millions of people are going to come across it and buy it. Um, it's just not the way the internet works, really. And then also, you know, people not doing anything with their book, I think is such a shame because most of my clients, if not all, are people who want to serve others. There's, I always say there's somebody looking for you right now. They're looking for you right now. And if they, how are they, they going to find you? They need to find you. Um, I have a big, a big piece of art on my wall that says to the world, you are one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah. that. You know, when you had broken it down to the phase one, two, and three, uh, I was kind of smiling to myself as I listened because in the phase one, uh, People asked me, how long did it take you to write the book? Mm -hmm. And my response to them was, you know, it took me a month to write it. Yes. It took me 20 years to learn what to put into the book. <laughs> I love that. That's so true. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it, it very much the, the clarity that comes from the outline, from understanding who are you targeting, what their issues are, yes. and then uh, th that really was so key to the success that uh, not just I've had, but others have had in their mm -hmm. authorships and then being able to build a business by all those different streams. So let's talk about some of those streams now. You, you're very proud of the fact that you don't just simply help someone put font on paper yes. and then leave them to their own devices. Mm -hmm. What are, and you've mentioned a few of them, what are some of the things that, that you are currently helping your clients do and that will be in this book around the 37 things to do okay um some of them are how to get booked as a guest on podcasts and always to have a giveaway that you give on the podcast right because it's sort of sad if someone's listening and going oh yeah that sounds really cool and then they don't know how to get a hold of you right um and then also 
I told the, well, the workshop, the online course, um, you can have your own podcast, start your own podcast, which is really, really cool. Um, you can um, do guest blogging, as I mentioned. You can um, do in-person events um, locally. You can also do retreats, or you might call them something else depending on your industry, but somewhere else, because some people love to travel. You know, I was so surprised early on in my career when I had a woman in my program, and she told me, I always thought, you know, oh, it's a lot of work putting on a writing retreat, and I don't know if I really want to do that. And she said, she said, oh, Suzanne, I just got back from France. I went to a writing retreat over there, and she said, and it was so amazing, and it was really inexpensive. It was only $10,000. <laughs> And I went, maybe I should be doing retreats. Right, right, <laughs> I right. couldn't believe it. So that's another one. I actually was just on a cruise with my mom to Alaska. And and I had been working really hard up until that point. And I said to mom, I just want to relax. I am probably going to work a couple hours every morning just to make sure I don't, you know, miss anything or come back to too much work, right? Um, and as I was on the cruise, I thought, ooh, I should have a writing retreat on a cruise ship which would be really fun so sky's the limit so in my program a lot of times people come to me and say oh my gosh i just got offered a speaking opportunity i don't know what to say and i don't know how much to charge you know and i always say when it comes to speaking don't change your act change your audience so do the same talk for lots of different groups and sometimes you can tweak it a little bit but that's another mistake i made early on is i kept having to create a new talk every time someone wanted me to to talk at their event and uh it was exhausting and it doesn't really work out financially um the other thing is what i love to help people with is really how to sell so whether you're doing a workshop or a talk or you're blogging or anything like that what is your call to action going to be? What do what is your most wanted response? What do you want them to do? Do you want them? Do you have like an inner circle? You know, having a membership. Some people have memberships that are seven dollars a month. Some people have memberships that are five hundred dollars a month. Uh, it's a lovely recurring revenue model. So um, I've helped so many of my clients make money that way with speaking. Uh, another one of mine, Julie, she uh, is very interesting. She helps people um, learn about accessibility for people living with disabilities. And uh, because she was she was in an accident and she lives with a disability, she has a wheelchair. So she has done such amazing things. She really listens to me. <laughs> and she put together a course for high school students that are in the trades program because they were graduating, going into the, constru the construction field, but not knowing anything about accessible homes and accessible buildings. So she sells that program to high schools and she licenses it, licenses it for $1,000 for that school term. She can license many, 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 many of those courses and has done so, and I don't wanna give up her numbers, but um, it's been, lucrative for her for sure so and again you know what if, if if someone is listening going oh you know she keeps talking about money well let's talk about the students that are that are helping that are being helped with that course and let's talk about the lives they will change when they learn to build a house and they say to the contractor oh actually isn't this isn't this hallway a little bit too narrow like what if somebody had a disability they wouldn't be able to get their wheelchair down here what about the bathroom do we need space for grab bars like just thinking ahead because you know, so many people that have accidents are very sudden. You wake up in the hospital, you leave the hospital in a wheelchair, and you cannot go home. 
you know so so sure. that that impact the impact my clients have is more important than the money but I do call $100 bills fun tickets, and it's really fun to have lots of fun tickets. <laughs> Amen. More than just covering your bills, you can go on vacations. You know, I've taken my kids on lots of trips, many. I think we've gone to like seven different countries. We've had so much fun. And it also broadens their view of the world as well. Certainly. So with all of these opportunistic uh, potentials coming off of this, the creation of the book how many books should i have at my fingertips either for handouts or for promotions of one kind or another thank you for asking that please don't order a thousand books nobody needs to have a thousand books in their garage and if someone's trying to tell you oh here's the deal you know you just order these thousand books it's only going to cost you ten thousand dollars and then you can sell them all for twenty dollars each and you're going to make twenty thousand dollars that is actually a printing company disguising themselves as a publisher you do not need a thousand books so it depends on what you want to do if you know you have a speaking opportunity come coming up then maybe have 50 or 100 on hand but you can also go into the back end of kdp and order your author copies and have them shipped to the venue which i highly recommend because i wrecked my neck carrying books on a plane once i didn't think it was only 20 books but they were really heavy so um do print on demand the kdp has very very good quality it's very good and um, and usually the author copies are three or four dollars each. They're not expensive at all. You just have to remember, don't order from Amazon.com from the front end. You go into the back, KDP.Amazon.com. That's where you order your books. Um, now, having said that, I often, not often, sometimes have authors that come to me in a panic going, oh, I just got asked to speak in Chicago on Thursday. How do I get books there? And you can't get them there at the last minute. I mean, you could for an arm and a leg. There is a company called 48 Hour Books, but they still take about six or seven days and they're more expensive. Um, so, you know, if, it, when I work with my authors, I give them all their final files. So I say, well, I help coordinate it too, because sometimes, to be honest, they don't know what they're doing. But I go, I'll find a local printer and say, hey, here's the specs. Can you do this for us? Is this possible? And then send the files there. And then you don't pay for shipping if you can find, if you're in a big city and you can find a local printer. But, you know, there's pros and cons to that too, because they do need a specific machine to do perfect bound on a book. Um, but anyways, not to get too complicated. Um, to answer your question, I think it's good to have maybe 20 or 30 books on hand um, and keep them in your car, keep them on in your office, keep them on your coffee table, hand them out to people. And never say, did you read my book? Did you read my book? Did you read my book? You got to act nonchalant and cool as a cucumber. Like, you don't know, skin off your nose if they didn't read your book. So, you, you know, I when my, when my authors hand out books, I tell them to say, like, especially if it's a realtor at a listing presentation or if it's a consultant, I always have them say to their client or their prospect, I know you're really busy and I don't expect you to be having a lot of time to sit around reading, but I just thought I would leave my book with you on the off chance. You know, one of the things we talked about was staging your home. I do go over that in chapter seven, so you might want to leave through it, but you don't want to come across. Like I find it so pushy when people are like, I mean, in my business too, people send me their books all the time. And I think, first of all, I don't know you um, and you want me to give you my feedback for free and it's going to take me four or five hours of my time to read your book and I already read 150 books a year and I'm tired. <laughs> so um, it, instead of pushing it on someone, come across humbly 
you know, like a little bit like not jumping up and down, like I just wrote the greatest book in the entire world, you know, just like you may find it helpful. You probably already know everything in it because you want to build that person up. Right. And you don't want to come across like a know it all. Suzanne, this has just been so illuminating. I have just enjoyed this from beginning to now at the conclusion of our discussion. If people want to reach out to you and learn more about you and your company and what you can do for them, what's the best way for them to reach you? Oh, thank you. I and I have so enjoyed this too. As you can tell, I get very excited about it and I could talk for hours, but I know we have a limited time. So the best way to reach me is, first of all, my name, Suzanne Doyle Ingram. I'm the only one out there. So if you Google me, you can you know listen to other podcasts and that kind of thing, or you can go to my company website, which is prominencepublishing.com. There's a contact form on there and you can contact me that way if you like. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook and we have a bunch of free guides. So we have a guide called Publish with Prominence, which describes exactly what you need to, to publish. I'm also going to be giving my way my book uh, at the beginning of my launch, the book called Everybody Has a Book Except You. So they can always email me as, as well. Suzanne at prominencepublishing.com. And lastly, I have a Facebook group called Book Publishing Made Simple on Facebook, and it's free, so they can just click to join that as well. So there's lots of ways to reach out to me. That's wonderful. And I expect you will get plenty of people knocking on your door wanting to learn more from you. Perfect. Uh, I'd be happy to. I've enjoyed our conversation and hope we get to do this again real soon. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it too. Certainly. You have been listening to the Catapult to a Career in Coaching Consulting podcast as part of the From Learning to Earning podcast series hosted by OK Now What with your host, David Zahn, the consultant's business mentor. If you have not already done so, please register to join the Facebook group Catapult to a Career in Coaching Consulting where you can find additional information and participate in a community of like-minded people venturing into business ownership. And if you are ready to receive one-on-one -on -one coaching or enroll in a self-paced course to make your dream business a reality, you can contact David Zahn at www.oknowwhat.biz backslash get-started.html. And as always, we want to hear from you about topics you would like to have covered or your feedback on this or other episodes. Drop us an email with your thoughts at davidzahn at oknowwhat.biz. And don't forget to invite your friends to listen to this or any of our other episodes and join our podcast community.